How can we get your undivided attention? If you just look over here for two seconds, I'll do anything. I'll watch a foreign film. I'll talk to a man with a ponytail. Get in at 654-ROAR and let us know what you want to talk about. We are the Roar. here live on the roar the press box with brad and john coming up in the next segment bottom of this hour jason priester from allclemsontigers.com is going to join us we'll wrap up what was the first weekend of clemson baseball with jason we'll get his thoughts on tonight's game or today's afternoon game i should say everything feels like night in in the winter uh four o'clock start live here on the roar the tigers taking on presbyterian college 3 30 airtime to get you ready for that game so we'll have the fourth game of the season for you for the tigers we'll talk to jason about it he was at all the games he has all the thoughts i'm sure and all the analysis to break it down maybe we'll get some recruiting in there i'm sure we will always talk recruiting with jason can't not talk recruiting with jason very fair so we'll have those conversations coming up here at the bottom of this hour maybe we'll even revisit some of our football talk that we had in hour one that bled in hour two if you miss any portion of today's show you can always go back to the roarfm.com the roarfm.com and listen to each hour before we dive back into the nfl stuff i want to uh just acknowledge two retirements that have happened in the national football league in the last 24 hours um longtime uh new england patriot matthew slater special teams phenom for the last 16 years he's had 10 pro bowl appearances uh, announced his retirement Tuesday morning after 16 years in the league. And former South Carolina running back Mike Davis uh, announced his retirement for the National Football League after eight years with six different teams yesterday afternoon. Oh, the former South Carolina running back yep. and brother of James Davis. Yes. Announced his retirement yesterday from the league. Well, I tell you, Mike had a good career. I know, you know, didn't, you know, make, you know, pro bowls and get paid the massive salaries and all that kind of stuff. But for a running back to last as long as he did in this league. John, there have been a lot of running backs with a lot more talent than Mike Davis come through the NFL that didn't make it three years. Uh, Yesterday, he announced his retirement on his 31st birthday. Uh, Mike Davis had uh, 2,052 rushing yards, 14 touchdowns, and just over 1,000 receiving yards with four touchdowns in an eight-year career over six teams with Seattle, San Francisco, Carolina, Atlanta, Chicago, and Baltimore. Yeah, I, I tend to remember some of the time there in Seattle where he it seemed like somebody would get hurt every year. Rashad Penny would get hurt every yeah. year. And Mike Davis had to be their, their running back late in the season. And then he had that, that stint with the Carolina Panthers uh, and, and, and Falcons. So he, he played, you know, locally and close to home there. Yeah, in, his best season was in 2020 with the Carolina Panthers where he had um, 642 yards rushing, six touchdowns. 370 receiving yards and two touchdowns for the Panthers that year. Nice. Congratulations to Mike Davis. Eight years is a long time. You know how hard it's making eight running years back? a running back? Yeah. He did what a lot of running backs never could do. And he was also the uh, Atlanta Falcons um, nomination for the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award in 2021. Oh, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. That's cool. Interesting. Well, congratulations to him on a on a well well-run career. Absolutely. Just thought those two guys deserved a moment of our time. I would agree with you. Um, six five four war. We were discussing the NFL, and I, look, I just I, 
I think you have to understand the, the the contractual structures of the of how the NFL works to understand what's at stake with obtaining Justin Fields, because his four year salary is worth eighteen point eight million dollars. Just to pick up his fifth year option is gonna gonna cost you twenty two million estimated. That's more than the duration of four years. So you're essentially if you pick him up for and what would be the the total tag for the fourth year. It'd Just be, the fourth year alone. It'd be at least $22 million probably. For this year and twenty two for the oh, next oh, year. Oh, no. Oh, total for the next two years? Yes. What would be the total? Uh, close to $30 million. <sighs> that that matters, folks, in a salary cap league. That should be probably, it could even be over $30 million. That matters. And you can tell me how it doesn't and, you know, it's, it's only worth what it'll be paid. Folks, the, the details of this stuff matters. Very much so. Yeah, you're you're not bringing him in to see if it works. You're bringing him to be your starting quarterback. If you're and giving if, up assets to pay that amount of money, and you're putting your job on the line in doing so, yeah. Like I feel like whatever general manager head coach combination goes out and does this, they're kind of. I mean, we see this all the time that coaching staffs and front offices attach themselves to a quarterback. It doesn't work. Their jobs are they're toast. It's a lot of pressure. And people don't like it when you give up assets to obtain a player that turns out to not work out for you. They don't like that at all. No. That's how you don't get these types of jobs again. <laughs> yeah, that's that's very, very true. But I, I do think that this will get resolved soon. You think it's sooner than later with the Bears? You said there was a report out. Uh, yeah, Mike uh, Florio, Pro Football Talk, had put something out yesterday that he believes the Bears will kind of have a plan in place coming out of the scouting combine next week. So I, I would expect, yeah, because once we get near free agency, I mean, they've got to make a plan and a move here soon. Yeah. They don't have a ton of time on their on their side. Did you realize we were that close to the combine? We're a week away. It starts a week from today. The NFL combine. Uh, I love it. Because <laughs> I'm ready for the combine to get here so we can kind of get to the next stage of draft prep and draft discussions. Because I don't like getting too deep into that type of stuff before the combine. Yeah. Do you think Justin Fields ends up on a different team other than the Chicago Bears? I do, yes. Do you think Kirk Cousins ends up on a different team other than the Minnesota Vikings? I'm not sure yet. I think he has a much better chance of returning to his team from last year than Justin Fields does. I think he wants to be in Minnesota, but I also think he wants to be paid properly. Sure. And I don't know that that's going to happen. But if you're Minnesota, do you really want to dive into the See, here's the something that these front offices are going to have to figure out, especially if you're not one of the top three picks in the draft. Brad, have you seen the quarterbacks that are coming out next year? It's not a great list. I mean, what right now? What, Carson Beck, probably number one? Wow, yeah. So the, the guys will emerge. Guys will emerge, yes. But as we sit here right now, the, yeah. I remember a year ago, a lot of teams were saying, hey, we don't have to take a quarterback this year. Nobody's because, tanking for anybody. Because next year there was Caleb Williams and Drake May, and then Jaden Daniels emerged, and you know you still have Penix and Bo Nix and all those guys. Like The quarterback class for next year does not seem as good. So these general managers have to figure out, is it worth throwing our hat in the ring for a quarterback this year, or do we kick the can another year? The yeah. Minnesota Vikings are one of the prime examples of that. It's a very difficult decision to make, uh, especially with, with Kirk Cousins. Uh, and that, that may be sort of the, the domino. Once that falls, we'll figure out the rest. 
Are you do, who do you are you convinced that the Bears take Caleb Williams if they do indeed whether or not they trade Justin Fields within yeah, the next week? I do. You're convinced they take him. That's as we sit here today on February 20th. Yes. Okay. Is there a player you're most interested in right now that'll take place in the combine a week from today? Ooh. I think it started a week from today. Not really anybody from like a first round perspective. Um, I want to see, you know, obviously you want to see how the Clemson guys time and, you know, their bench press and the 40 and all those different things. And you want to watch them run the drills. But I think where this, where it's very important is I think I got like Spencer Rattler. Who's not in the first names of quarterbacks that we roll off, but he is someone who could impress teams at workouts he could impress teams in meetings and could climb up some draft boards. Okay. Because I also think it'll benefit Rattler that a lot of the top quarterbacks won't throw. Do you think Caleb Williams throws? No. Jaden Daniels? No. Drake May? No. I don't think, I don't think they do anything other than meet with teams and take the medical. Who do these guys catch up passes from? Receivers got to be mad about this. Yes. We went, we went over the list. We're like, that guy's there just to throw. That guy's just there to throw. That guy, you know, you just got to have the, you know, it's like a trainer that comes in. And throws. But, but, I mean, yeah, to, to your point, if I'm a wide receiver at the combine, I'm very upset that I have to showcase my skill set with Keaton Slovis throwing me the football. Yeah. Um, some other narratives that I just want to throw at you All right. for, the, for the combine upcoming. Do we get a battle over, I mean, I know, I don't know why I'm even asking this question. Do we get a battle over who the top receiver is? It's never going to be a consensus on Marvin Harrison. It's it's not going to be. No, you're right. It won't. It, it, there's never a consensus. Never a consensus. So how much do you hear about neighbors? How much do you hear about Adunze? It feels I, those like, are the two that'll be in the same conversation with him. Yeah, but I think I, I think you're going to start hearing once we get closer to the combine and during the combine that it's not a lot that. Maserati Marv oh, is the gosh. first guy taken at that position. Do you buy that? I buy that the narratives will be there, but when it's all said and done, I believe Marvin Harrison Jr. will be the first receiver off the board. I do as well, but... I think we're going to have a lot of annoying narratives that are going to come out of this, so we have talking points for two months before the draft. Is, is, in your mind, then, is he the best? Or is it closer than... Um, I think tell. I think Adunze and Neighbors are closer than kind of the narrative has been. But the measurables and just everything that Marvin Harrison Jr. possesses, I would still definitely take him over the other guys. Although I think that Neighbors and Adunze will be quality NFL wide receivers. It's also smokescreen season. Oh boy, is it ever. Where you gotta sort of sort of fake everybody out. You gotta release and tell, you know, uh, you'll hear reports. Sources are telling me that, eh, that there's some questions about Marvin Harrison Jr. entering the combat. You're going to hear that. Of course you are. And uh, this this team could like a Dunze more. They're just trying to, to to jockey for positioning here and trying to make sure they get their guy. They're just leaking stuff out there that makes no sense. They don't even believe. Now, granted, that being said, I think neighbors of Dunze are are a lot closer to Harrison than maybe some other people think. I would have to, I would be fine ending up with any of the three if I'm drafting. Oh yeah. No, I think that all three of those guys could turn out to be wide receiver one for whatever franchise selects them. Is this does this feel anything like like when Jefferson and Chase, you know, does it feel anything kind of like that? Uh, a little bit, but it's different because those guys were coming from the same team. 
Jefferson went a lot lower than Chase. Yes. No, Jefferson went right after, oh gosh, what was, was he a TCU receiver? Yes. The guy to Arkansas? No, I'm not. I'm no, Traylon Burks is who you're thinking yeah, yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, okay, yeah, you're thinking of the TCU guy. Ag, was it Agnor? Was well, something like that. Regardless, he's. It wasn't a good draft pick if we don't remember who it was. <laughs> was that uh, 20. I don't even remember what draft that was. It, it, it doesn't matter. Um, I'm looking up right now. It was the 2020 NFL draft. I just think that those three receivers are. Very, 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 very tight for me. But, I I mean, what's going to get pushed out there that these guys are better? I, I, I don't think you can say they're better than Marvin Harrison. All right, what do you got? Jalen Rieger. Rieger. That's, from that TCU. Yes. Which went to the Eagles. And um, Minnesota Vikings took Justin Jefferson at the 22nd pick. Good Lord. Do you want what to know who at 25 in that draft? Yeah. Brandon Ayuk. What a value. He played Oregon State. Uh, Arizona State. Arizona State. What a value that was to grab by Gosh, the receivers in this draft. This is this is just insane to me. Um, oh gosh, now uh, Henry Ruggs was the first receiver taken. Uh, Jerry Judy. Yeah, we'll just let that 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 first one go. Uh, Jerry Judy. Yeah. Wow. Um, then you had Rieger, then Justin Jefferson, then Brandon Ayuk, and then the first pick of the second round was T Higgins. Man. Right ahead of Michael Pittman to uh, the Colts. That's it's not that's not a great receiver draft. The value came in the later later part of that first round. <laughs> I mean, there was value with Joe Burrow number overall, Rager. but to the wide receiver position, yeah. Yeah, I remember. I remember some people loved Rager. I mean, just head over heels in love with that guy. But wasn't he just like a straight line speed yeah. guy? Like he had no. He, he, he had was like no all those hips, Baylor no receivers that were no drafted in the first round for years out of that Bryles system. You could just run straight down the field. That's what he did. He might outrun you, but he had no no second move <laughs> other than straight. And couldn't catch either. That's right. His hands were were not the best. And the, uh, the Eagles got away with that, though, didn't they? Uh, depends they on who you ask. Gave, they gave up a ton to get AJ. That's true. When we come back, Jason Priester. Uh, com is going to join us. We'll look back at what the Clemson Tigers accomplished on the diamond over the weekend with Jason and take a look ahead at what they're facing today against Presbyterian College and how things shape up uh, for the upcoming weekend as well. Don't go anywhere on the press box. More to come after this. At Carter Color Company in Clemson, you can get the Benjamin Moore paint that you need to finish any project that you're working on. If it's interior paint you're looking for, we have a great selection of colors and finishes that will complement any room in your home or business. Our Element Guard exterior paint provides protection against wind-driven rain, excessive humidity, and other harsh weather conditions, and with free finishes to choose from. Your home will stand out among the rest. Come see us at 1067 Tiger Boulevard, Clemson, or the web at cartercolor.com. I'm Will Davis with the Davis Law Group. It's important to me to always remember why we do what we do as litigation attorneys, and that's to help people. But more specifically, it's to help people by creating a path forward after a catastrophic event. When someone walks into our office, they've likely experienced the worst day in their life. They've lost a loved one, they're catastrophically injured, or their family's falling apart. The second you walk into our office, you have personal involvement with an attorney. Our personal involvement continues until the case is concluded. Contact us today at davis.law. 
Let us see how we can help. Sitting here again today with our good friend Gary Mahaffey of Insurance for Seniors and Disabled. Listener asks, Walt, I think that I read in my Medicare and you book that I have another shot at changing plans in the January to March period if I have a Medicare Advantage plan already. Ask Gary for me. Good catch, listener. You would qualify if you have a Medicare Advantage plan already in effect. Additionally, there are other special election periods that you may qualify for, and you do not need to wait until next year to use them. I recommend that you call me today at 864-307-8484 and let's discuss your individual circumstance. There you go, listener. Give Gary a call today at 864-307-8484. And remember, Gary represents seven of the largest Medicare insurance companies and approximately 125 plans. In the unlikely event that you would want another company's plan, Gary will shepherd you through SHIP or Medicare to accomplish that goal. Start your spring cleaning today and get insanely clean home with zero res carpet and air duct cleaning. For this month only, mention me, Mickey Plowler, and The Roar, and you'll get three rooms of carpet cleaned for $129 plus free staircase. Book online at ZeroResGreenville.com. Serving delicious meals at a fair price for over 50 years, Wendy's commitment to good done right is unwavering. For decades, they've served up great deals to feed the whole family. And nowadays, they're bringing you breakfast favorites, the pretzel baconator, the biggie bag, and you can't forget the frosty, all available to order in the palm of your hands with the Wendy's app. Doing the right thing in the right way is the Wendy's way. Download the Wendy's app and visit your local store today. Hi, everybody. I'm Don Munson. Up next is your daily update on what's happening with Clemson Athletics. But first, this from Founders Federal Credit Union. Attention all basketball fans, are you ready to experience MVP treatment in banking? Look no further than Founders Federal Credit Union, where personalized service is the winning play. Don't settle for being just another number. Join Founders and receive the personalized attention you deserve, along with great rates, loans, for any reason, and a dynamic online experience. Visit one of their 41 convenient office locations, or visit foundersfcu.com to see if you qualify for membership. Relax, go Tigers! Federally insured by NCUA, membership qualification required, terms and conditions apply. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to the show. Clemson baseball swings back into action today in the friendly confines of Doug Kingsmore Stadium as the play host to the Presbyterian Blue Hose. 4 o'clock will be first pitch, 3.30 airtime for us on Network Live. This will be the 91st meeting all-time between Clemson and Presbyterian on a baseball diamond. Clemson leads a series 67-23. to It was a series that started back in 1906. The record at Clemson is in the Tigers' favor, 42-10. to The first game played between the two on the Clemson campus was in 1907. It'll be righty Sean Hollister that'll be going to the hill for PC. Austin Gordon will be given the ball as a starting pitcher for our Clemson Tigers. Clemson, of course, 3-0. They swept Xavier over the weekend by a combined score of 33-13. to As Clemson averaging 11 runs per game, and hitting at a 376 clip. They have a 515 on base percentage, have yet to steal a base yet this season. Presbyterian opened up 4 0 with a sweep of St. Peter's in four home games over the weekend. They're averaging 14 and a half runs per game. Should be a good one today. Hope that you can be there. As always, go Tigers. Live and local sports talk coming to you from the Upcountry Fiber Studios. This is 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. 
serving the five counties of the South Carolina Upstate. Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. The college football games may have ended, but the offseason is just getting started, and we have you covered all year long. These fans need to calm down. The big game hype is real. I can't wait. They really need to produce for their fans. The Roar, where every day is game day. Back here live on the roar, the press box for Brad and John. Thanks for joining us today. Got some news in college football to get to. We have reached a finalization on who's going to be in the college ball playoff in terms of conferences. We'll tell you about that coming up shortly. Let's go to the phone lines. Bring our good friend Jason Priester from AllClemsonTigers.com, recruiting director and covers a lot of Clemson baseball and basketball and football. And he's with us live here this morning. Jason, how you doing today, my friend? I'm doing pretty well, man. How about yourself? Doing great. Uh, rolling along here. We've hit an interesting time of the year where, you know, college baseball is sort of at, the, at the forefront right now. College basketball's trying to wrap up its regular season. Spring football's right around the corner. And, of course, recruiting never stops. So it's always good to have you on. We appreciate your time. Uh, Jason, let's start with baseball. The Tigers coming off a, a sweep of Xavier over the weekend. And I know you had a chance to be out there at the ballpark a lot. Uh, how would you assess the offense and what they did uh, from the, their plate approaches, working in the new guys, uh, Cam Canarella being the star at the top of the order? How, how did you sort of break down what you saw from that group, whether it was, uh, you know, the, there's a lot more probably good than bad, but how do you think, what, what, I guess what does it mean moving forward? What can you take from the early start? I thought it was a pretty impressive, impressive showing offensively. And, and against a team that was in a regional last year and might very well be again this year, you know, you, you score 30 something runs in, in three games. Um, I think it showed this lineup that Clemson has, top to bottom, is going to be pretty dangerous. I'm not sure there's a weak spot in that thing, man. And they've got a couple guys sitting on the bench that they could probably plug in there somewhere between six, seven, eight, nine, and not see any drop off. There's a lot of depth on this team. That might be one of the biggest problems Eric Backage has this season is trying to find at bats for, for all the guys that probably could use some and have earned some because there again there's a lot of depth there's a lot of young depth there's a lot of experience depth um the, the, the you start with Canarella and will taylor at the top and blake wright um those, those are the guys that get on base and make things happen for you blake wright's got some pop in his back so he can drive in those guys when they're getting on base the, about the only thing we didn't see this weekend was clemson being aggressive on the base paths they didn't they didn't really try to pushed the envelope when it came to stealing bases. I think they tried to steal a couple with three ball counts, but but they didn't actually ever steal any because they ended up being walks. But um, Xavier had a really good catcher, and you were already scoring enough runs. You didn't really need to push push the boundary, so to speak. Um, and then we didn't get to really see Jimmy Overtop's bat. He, I think he walked seven or eight times this weekend. You know, they, they did a good job of kind of pitching around him a little bit, I thought, but Alden Mathis looks like he's going to be really good in the middle of that lineup. And, again, there's some guys in the bottom, Nolan, Rocky, Cooper, Cooper Blouser. Um, 
down there that had some really good weekends. I, I just don't know that there's a weak spot in there, one through nine. Well, I can tell you, Jason, if, if no Rocky hits like that, he's not going to be hitting at the bottom of the order at all. Uh, <laughs> the way he looked on, on Saturday, and then I know he moved up with Will Taylor out. He, he moved up in the in the lineup. But I, he, to me, he was a very impressive young player. It's it's early. It's three games. But I, I really think Eric Backage has, has assembled a group that has a, a pretty high ceiling. How do you feel about the pitching staff coming out of it? I don't know that we learned a ton. It's the... You know, I, I, I we, we've said this before, but there may be nothing more irrelevant than the opening weekend pitching staff. But what what did you make of it? Yeah, I don't know how much to take from the pitching this weekend. I thought Billy Barlow was pretty solid after he got out of the jam in the first inning Friday. Um, you know, Tristan Smith. You know, I, I, he he was up and down a little bit, and 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 cannot got hit a little bit. But we saw what there is to like about him and that change up is so good his fastball's got so much movement on it. he looks like he's going to be a really good pitcher at some point in the future um struck out six guys even though he got hit a little bit i think that i think i think xavier batted like 400 off of him but um there's a lot to like about him and i've got got a glimpse of matt marshall pitched a few scoreless innings um that there's a lot of depth in that rotation or that on that pitching staff too, and it'll be interesting to see who ends up being in the weekend rotation. We get to see Austin Gordon today, who Eric Backage has said on a couple of different occasions is a little bit behind the other guys when it comes to getting stretched out, and that's why I don't think there's a whole lot to take from the pitching and some of those guys giving up some runs this weekend because I don't think everybody's stretched out yet. I don't think I think it's just going to get better the deeper we get into the season and we'll have a much better idea three weeks from now um as compared to this weekend jason do you see an area was any areas of concern or room for growth uh i mean you know this this thing just started i mean this is far from a finished product but what would you pinpoint or highlight is maybe some areas to keep an eye on uh, that maybe you had some issues with before the season started and you're continuing to monitor you know, I I don't know where the weaknesses are on this team. I, there's just so much to like about it. Um, the only thing that surprised me this weekend was, again, them not really being so aggressive on the base pass because they were so aggressive last year, particularly early in the season. But, again, they didn't really have to, and I think Xavier did a really good job of keeping guys, you know, holding guys on base, and, and we, got a, we, we saw how strong their catcher's arm was. He had no problem throwing down the third and trying to pick guys off and came close to it on one or two occasions, but um, yeah, they reviewed not, one on yeah. Saturday. That was you don't see that very often. No, I mean he he was really good back there. He's got a really strong, accurate arm. Um, he he came really close to getting a couple of guys down there at third base over the weekend, and, and that plays a part in how aggressive you want to be in, in stealing bases. So it's kind of understandable why they didn't push the envelope there. And also, you were already scoring a bunch of runs and. It felt like they had to, but don't you know that would be the thing right there? How many, how often they had the bases loaded on Saturday and Sunday, yeah. and didn't break that thing open? You know they they stranded the bases loaded multiple occasions, even one really one more time because they hit into a double play and they really only left two on. But um, that would be the thing I think they need to be better at. Makes Get a lot the of guys sense, home man. when you've got the bases loaded. Yeah. Now, you know, when you hit two grand slams on Friday, it kind of erases a little bit of that. But uh, you're right. I thought I thought they did maybe strand too many guys 
on Saturday and yep. a, a little bit on Sunday, but they did get some guys in there on on Sunday. I, I thought some of the approaches on Saturday weren't weren't as good. You know, it just didn't seem like they were as dialed in. I guess opening day, you're just trying to, you know, you like you really want to go up to a good start, and there was a lot of emphasis on that first game. I thought maybe they weren't quite as dialed in, but hey, the wind was blowing out and it carried out for them, and they got eight runs in that second game. Yeah. Yeah, the wind was blowing out Friday and Saturday, and it was blowing in a little bit yesterday. That might be why we didn't see any home runs at yesterday or Sunday, excuse me. That's a, that's a great point. Today, you mentioned the Tigers taking on Presbyterian College. Boy, they run they ran up some gaudy numbers uh, to kick off their season. But uh, what what are you most looking forward to to seeing out of the Tigers today? You, you mentioned Austin Gordon. How long do you think he goes, and what what kind of game do you think we get today? Yeah, I'm 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 very interested to see where Austin Gordon is. Saw him pitch in, in the preseason, and he didn't pitch but an inning or two, and he got hit pretty good. So it'd be interesting to see how he performs today. Um, it, you know, I, I would expect he's not going to be out there very long, seeing as he's behind some of the other guys, and it looked like Billy Barlow and Tristan Smith were probably on pitch counts of about 70, 75 pitches. So I, I would expect Gordon to be substantially lower. Probably a couple of innings, three maybe, but that—that's the biggest thing I want to see today. Is, is kind of where Austin Gordon is because he's a guy I could see starting on Fridays or, or Saturdays, or I fully expect him to be in the weekend rotation at some point. All right, Jason, let's go ahead and shift gears over to uh, football uh, recruiting. Where do things stand right now? In any latest news that's come out over the last week um in terms of of offers and you know getting guys on on campus and setting things up for uh the you know the upcoming big push this this spring and summer yeah well i found out about a couple of spring game visitors um four-star wide receiver cortez mills plans to make his return to campus for the spring game hasn't visited since last summer um clemson's probably only going to take one more wide receiver in this class and um he he's a guy you'd love to have um the former Georgia commit four-star safety Tay Harris also going to return for the spring game. He had been committed for Georgia to Georgia for a good long while since last summer. Decommitted earlier to see earlier this year, then got his offer from Clemson right after he decommitted. He'll be back for the spring game. He also told me he's going to he's planning to take an official to Clemson in in June. So if you could get him on campus twice in that short amount of time, that that'd be big for you. Um, another guy I think worth keeping an eye on doesn't have an offer yet is cornerback Caleb Lanier. Um, he's expected to be here March 9th. Um, Mike Reed went and seen him at his high school during the contact period, and he told me they had the motel room set up right quick after Reed left because they wanted to get here, and that, that's the box that needs to be checked before he can get his offer is – you know, visiting. So he he's a guy we keep an eye on too as we get into the spring. Well, let's switch over to spring football. Still, you know, still some time to to get ready for that. But we kind of did a primer in hour one and bled over in hour two a little bit, just talking about some things we want to see this spring. I, I want to get a thought from you both on one on the offense, one on the defense. In in terms of the offense, do you feel like you know the receiving core better this year than maybe last year when there was a lot of guys out, a lot of guys hurt? Going into spring ball, uh, and this year more known commodities. Do you do you feel like I don't, I don't know if it'll, how good it'll be, but do you at least feel like there's more knowns at that position? 
Absolutely. It feels like this is the first time in a while Clemson is going to go into the spring with a healthy group of receivers. You know, they've been so banged up for so long. They've not had the luxury of having their full core of guys throughout a spring practice in, I, I don't know, what, two, three, four years now, it feels like. Um, so that is absolutely a bonus. Um, you, you know you know who you've got. You know you know what you've got to work on. Um, I think that's big for this, this team as, as spring ball gets here. Do you feel good about, like, you know what you got in Tyler Brown if you're – uh, Garrett Riley and Dabo Sweeney, you you know what you've you've seen a lot more at Toy Stellato. Do you feel like that you know some of the other guys have have carved out some roles? You know, I, I think that you look back at like last year, we we didn't really know. I still don't think we knew exactly who or what we expected to see out of Adam Randall. Now I feel like you kind of know who he is. Um, Cole Turner trying to to carve out a role. Do you think that? we're going to get some clarity on that as they go through spring ball. I think this is a big spring for Adam Randall. Cause I, I think he can still, he, I think there's still some growth there for him. I think there's still another jump he can take. He, he was not able to participate last spring, got hurt, you know, the season before that and wasn't able to play much that season. But I think this is a big spring for him. He's a guy I watched a lot of in high school. And I, I just think there's so much, he, he could be so much better than what we've seen so far out of him. So I do think it's a big spring for him. Um, and we, we've already seen Bryant Wesco's adding some weight. Um, so he, he looks like he's going to be definitely be a factor this spring. And who was the other guy you mentioned? Uh, Cole Turner, where he fits into to everything. Yeah. I think this is a big spring for him too. You know, after missing all last, all of last season, um, he's a guy that Davo Sweeney raves about every opportunity he gets. Um, probably one of the fastest guys on that offense. And speed is something this offense has lacked big time in the past couple of years. So I do think those are two guys, Adam Randall and Cole Turner, are two guys that you know, did, this is a big spring for them and that they'll be trying to carve out some roles for themselves in a wide receiver room that's going to be a little deeper and a, a lot more talented than it's been in years past. Wrapping up things here with Jason Priester, let's move over to the defensive side of the ball where I think to me the, the thing I, I one of the questions I want answered in the spring, who's gonna play opposite T J Parker? And is it gonna be a committee thing? Can they find, you know, maybe a two two man rotation over there? what are you looking at as the other defensive end spot? Um I know Kay Denhoff's guy's been around, but there's a lot of other names that are gonna get opportunities. what do you make of that position? Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest storylines, maybe the biggest storyline of the spring, who's going to play in on the opposite of T.J. Parker. Um, not a lot of experience depth over there. Kate Denhoff's played a little bit, but he's not played a ton. We haven't seen Zaire Patterson. He spent some time hurt last year. Um, I think he got some talented younger guys, though, like um, A.J. Hoffler. I, I think he's a guy that's going to be really good. We'll see if he can maybe get an opportunity uh, or – take advantage of the opportunity he's going to have this spring. Um, and I really like Darian Mayo. I know he doesn't get here to the summer, so he won't be here in the spring. I think he'll have an opportunity once fall camp arrives. And we saw Caden Story taking some reps at end last year. I think he, he's, a, he's intriguing out there. We'll see if he stays out there. They move him back inside. I don't – you know, I think once we get through the spring – and Chris Rump gets a chance to evaluate everything he's got. 
maybe we see Clemson, if they think they need more there at that position, maybe we see them decide to go and, and bring a guy in from the portal because I don't think that conversation's over yet. Oh, that's that's a nice little nugget to drop there at the end of this. Uh, Jason, always appreciate your time today. Make sure you go to com and watch Jason's YouTube uh, live show, Monday Live, each and every Monday at 7. He does a great job answering your questions and breaking down, I think, a lot of uh, the topics that we just discussed here today. So, Jason, thank you for your time. As always, my friend, we'll catch up with you down the road. Appreciate it, Brad. Thanks. Thank you. Jason Priester, allcomesintigers.com. When we come back, final segment, we'll talk about that news coming out of college football. What does it mean and what's still to come? We'll discuss on the other side. When you shop or donate at a Dream Center resale store, you're helping to change lives. The Dream Center receives no government funding and depends on the resale store's proceeds to operate. 100% of stores' proceeds go directly to support the programs of the Dream Center, offering those that need a hand up instead of a hand out. Shop and donate your items today at their Easley, Pickens, Seneca, or Greenville store on Pleasantburg Drive. Donate, shop, change lives. Visit thedreamcenterpc.org for more information today. Royal Flush Toilet Rentals. If you want to potty like a rock star, you can with us. At Royal Flush Toilet Rentals, we offer construction porta potty rentals, septic tank pumping, and luxury toilet trailers. Call 864-238-8800. We have two-stall, three-stall, and four-stall trailers for your corporate events, wedding parties, and special occasions. Call 864-238-8800. Royal Flush Toilet Rentals. 2008 was an incredible year for me and my family. Not only was it the year that I became head coach at Clemson, but it was also the year that I found the only dealership I need for sales and service. Toyota of Easley is my kind of place. If you are considering the purchase of a new or used vehicle or need your current vehicle serviced or repaired, then I encourage you to go see the winning team at Toyota of Easley. Be sure and tell them Dabo sent you. Gilstrap Roofing has an experienced team that specializes in shingle and flat roofs for residential, commercial, and industrial customers. Their dedication to complete customer satisfaction is why a large portion of their business comes from repeat customers and referrals. If you need a full-service roofing contractor that has over 88 years of experience and takes pride in top customer satisfaction, Gilstrap Roofing has got you covered. Call for your free roofing estimate today at 269-1232 and online at gilstraproofing.com. Criminal charges are serious with life-changing consequences for you and your family. Let us help you navigate this process. Let us be your advocate at Ryan Beasley Law. I'm Ryan Beasley. Our law firm works in courtrooms across the state at all levels, municipal, state, and federal. We also work with students who face conduct issues at their colleges and universities. We work with our clients throughout this process from pre-arrest investigations to intervention programs as well as criminal trials. With over 20 years assisting clients, our firm has grown to include former state and federal prosecutors. Let us put this experience to work for you. If you are facing an investigation or criminal prosecution, please do not hesitate to contact us. Let us seek the best resolution for you. I'm Ryan Beasley, and I look forward to the opportunity to work with you. Ryan Beasley Law. Find them online at ryanbeasleylaw.com or call 864-679-7777. Ryan Beasley Law. Get ready to discover incredible savings with Fort Hill Natural Gas. Say goodbye to seasonal worries and embrace year-round savings by adding gas appliances with cash rebates to your home. But that's not all. 
Call the office now and find out how you may qualify for residential volume user rate, adding even more value to your energy savings. Ready to start saving big? Visit FHNGA.com and explore the rebate page for more details. There is a problem with mattresses. The bad ones leave you sleeping in a hole way too quickly, and no one makes flippable mattresses anymore. Engineered sleep designs and manufacturers mattresses that solve common issues and sleep comfortably. Whether you prefer firm or soft, they have you covered. Go check out their industry-leading dual mattress and their flippable classic hybrids at 333 North Pleasantburg Drive, Greenville, or visit engineeredsleep.com to learn more. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? Brakes? We can save you 15% on that. We have OE quality Duralask brake pads and rotors in stock, ready for pickup or delivery. We also have calipers, brake fluid, tools, and anything else you'll need to do the job right. When you get Duralask pads and rotors together, you'll save 15%. It's just part of what makes us America's number one brakes destination. Get in zone, AutoZone. Six sports minds playing with powerful toys. He's got some tools. 105.5 and 97.5 FM. We are the Roar, where every day is game day. Final segment here on a Tuesday. Appreciate you joining us. Thanks to Jason Preacher there in that last segment. Comes to baseball today, 3.30 p.m. here on the Roar. We'll get you ready for a 4 p.m. first pitch over at Doug Kingsmore Stadium, Presbyterian College. Comes to town. Uh, if you missed the Mickey Plyler show, he spent some time talking about it, and he talked about it with Eric Backage, and he left the stats up for me. <laughs> John, can I, just give you, can I just give you some of PC's lineup here? Sure. What? What, what they're doing. These are just some batting averages, okay? Kyle leading the team. Brady Fair. Far, far sorry. All right. Hitting 733. Uh, <laughs> next guy, 625. Next guy, 583. Next guy, 500, 500, 395, 364. Who did they play in their opening weekend? I don't know the exact team. I have to look it up, but um, it wasn't, it wasn't like, High quality opponents. Uh, St. Peter's Peacocks. It's a basketball school. Peacock captain, you got to let me fly. I promise you, St. Peter's has not seen the sun or green grass until they got to Clinton, South Carolina. Oh, definitely. Yeah. In in 2024. <laughs> they don't even know what that looks there, like. There's so much snow on the ground in New Jersey right now. Yeah. So I think, uh, I think that says a lot. But still, they those are some. Pretty gaudy numbers. But what will intrigue you when I tell you who Clemson is putting on the mound this afternoon? I am intrigued by this. Austin Gordon, come on down. Make your return to the mound for the 24th season. Mm -hmm. Guy who started a lot of games for the Tigers last year. Had a really good summer ball up in the Cape. Good to see him get his first action of the year. I don't know. He goes more than a couple innings. I don't think, no. Uh, For his first start with it being a midweek, you're trying to get his pitch count up. I think it's just about getting out there for the first yeah, time. Yeah, I don't have a ton of expectation either. Am I, I don't think it's a huge deal if he gives up three runs and 
you know, six, seven batters. No, I don't know. I don't think it's the end of the world at all. Speaking of the end of the world. John High requested Atlanta Braves report. So here's your Atlanta Braves report on a February 20th morning. Spencer Strider, who has been a phenomenal pitcher since he arrived to the majors from Clemson. I think there's any any way to describe it. He, he's an ace, right? Special Strider's an ace. Yeah, I mean, he led the 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 league in strikeouts. Um, but he's and you have brought this up. He is a guy. And you you had this on the concern meter at one time. I remember, who basically has two pitches: a fastball, a slider. He does mix in his changeup every now and again, uh, but not. Not a lot. I think uh, average seven per game in 2023. However, he showed up to spring training this year, sporting yesterday a curveball. Oh, you're talking about all the Clemson apparel he's been wearing to spring training. He's decked out in Clemson every day walking in the stadium. But a curveball from Spencer Strider, a fourth pitch. John, he's not relying on two and a half pitches anymore. He's brought in a fourth what we've we've talked about this a lot and for Spencer Strider I think to achieve longevity in his career he's got to develop more of an arsenal you can't just come with the heat all the time yeah I, I don't know if I agree but <laughs> if, if you're hitting 99 100 101 yeah, you can come with it most of the time most of the time but you have to have something that throws them off because there inevitably will be a day where people are just seeing the fastball yeah, and we w- saw we saw starts last year where the fastball wasn't hitting the peak velocity. So on days when you're not hitting the triple digits on the gun, you got to have something else to throw at them. And the slider can be tricky too. Some days it slides a whole lot more than others, and when it doesn't, it's over the plate and it gets crushed. Now Spencer Strider said after the the workout yesterday, and he faced Matt Olson and um, who was the other one. Austin Riley, Riley. Yep. yeah, it was Austin Riley. Uh, he faced those guys. He he said that he's just sort of tinkering. He's trying a couple different things. He's trying to play with different shapes with the slider, uh, sweeper, slider, cutter, curve, slurve. Uh, he said, "Who knows what anything does?" I think it's just manipulating the ball a little more, seeing what kind of different shapes I can get. So he's just he's playing around, seeing what what spring what training's works. for. But boy, it made headlines. It was a big story. That Spencer Strider was out there trying something new. We'll see what it ma- what it means. I-, I don't know that it means anything right now. We'll find out later on in the spring as we get closer to the season. But am I intrigued? Oh yeah, yeah. I like it. I'm trying to get his confidence level up. That that's a pitcher who who feels good about his stuff too. That he's tinkering a little bit. If he's able to develop more of a arsenal of different types of pitches. We've talked about this a lot on the show, that you don't believe that after this coming season that Max Fried will be a member of the Atlanta Braves. I do not in any way, shape, or form believe he's a member of the Atlanta Braves. To your point of him being an ace, does this not help the long-term future of the Braves that he can have more different types of pitches up there to be your number one ace? Yeah, sure. I mean, as long as he's leading the league and or he's up there in the you know, the tops and strikeouts, I really don't care what he's throwing. It just doesn't matter to me. The stats will speak for themselves. The numbers at the end of the year will speak for themselves. But does it help to have an, an extra pitch? It doesn't hurt. It's, it certainly does not. And look, he's still a young guy. Spencer's still very young. Remember, he he played, what, two years at Clemson, set out 
a year. Um, didn't even finish a, a third full year because of, of COVID. The only year where he was really healthy here. So really a year and a half of baseball at Clemson. And then he got rocketed up through the system very quickly for the Braves. Basically a year. You know, I think he was on the he was a little bit there at the end of, of his first season in twenty twenty one. And then in twenty twenty two, he started out as a reliever, became a starter, and then in twenty twenty three, he was one of the one of the top pitchers in the National League. So he's worked he's he's gone at such a fast and rapid rate as he matures and, and understands different pitches and how he can change his arm angle and different paces on the ball, different things. He'll he'll develop more and more in his arsenal. It was just crazy to think that this guy's only going to throw 99 for the rest of his life. No, he he knows that. He's, I, I think he's going to yeah, get better. For, and for the for the strength of the arm to be able to make it last longer. You know, those those curveballs, those sliders, they take less wear and tear on your shoulder and your elbow than throwing heat all of the time. Yeah. But even just having that pitch as a known commodity, whether you use it four times a game, one time a game, doesn't matter, 20 times a game, just knowing that you have it, it's just sitting there in the hitter's head. One more thing to think about in the, in the batter's box. Yep. Just what if he brings the curveball? And, and what yeah. if you can throw some variation of a slider from an arm angle or a, or a, a look that's similar to that and then the ball does something they don't even see remotely coming. Did you see the the overlap where the fastball and the curveball where they you know they kind of put them up against each other where he was throwing them? No. Like so they come off the hand at the exact same level, and then about midway on the pitch point it just drops. That's all awesome. from a curve. <laughs> so it comes out of the arm like at the exact same angle, and it's it's initially starts trailing in the same direction, and then it you know halfway through the weight of the plate it starts breaking. Listen to you. You are so excited about Braves baseball this Braves year. Braves baseball. You can't I'm excited about baseball this year. Yourself at all? You're watching Spencer. You're not. You are not up here trying to say, John. We got a Braves report today. It's spring training, and Braves fans want to know what's going on. <laughs> you requested it before we even got into the show. You're like, we got to have Braves report today, right? Well, I mean, he's the only player on the team I actually want to talk about. Oh man. Well. I don't need That's to hear about Ronald Acuna's, you know, false asterisk lading numbers anymore. I don't care. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey now, don't 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 start speaking out of turn here. What what are you talking about? I mean, I am going to for someone in the press box, I'm gonna take belief into Matt Olson this year because you don't believe in Matt Olson. That's completely false. I called his season last year. I told you he was he was gonna be up there in MVP voting and he was going to be up there in home runs. I told you all this. I I, I gave you the blueprint. Not my fault you don't remember. I don't remember a lot of things. <laughs> That's but I remembered that the people want to hear about the Atlanta Braves, Brad. Okay. I well, remembered that. Well, thank you for working that into today's show. I did remember that salary caps are important. Those are two things I remember in today's show. You're going to remember what the new format is for the college football playoff. It was uh, determined today by the fine folks who were meeting uh, to discuss the future of the sport. Whoever they are. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> They've come to an agreement, 11 nothing. Had to be unanimous, and they got it. We're going to a 5-plus-7 model. Now, this was expected. Uh, Schultz, the guy from Washington State, was the lone holdout as he's been fighting for revenue distribution models and some seats at the table, voting rights kind of stuff uh, with the Pac-2. Uh, I'm not calling Pac-12 anymore. I don't I don't care what the what the logo says. Uh, the Pac-2, still, he still wants to say at the table 
And so he was holding out. Well, we don't know if his holdout worked or not, but he's no longer holding out. It was voted and approved upon today that we will get a plus a five plus seven model, meaning there'll be five conferences that get an automatic qualifying bid into the college ball playoff. Those conferences will be the Big Ten, the SEC, the ACC. <laughs> Allegedly. We Allegedly. already see all that went last year, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, the uh, Big 12 uh, will also be included. And uh, the what's the what's the group of five? The highest-ranked group of five champion. Okay. So that, those will be the... That, that, Son, that's, most likely it'll be the American champion who gets in. Because that, that's normally how it tracks. That's how they're going to word it, you think, though? The, the, the highest-ranked highest yeah. conference champion from a group of five league. Yeah. So those are your five automatic. So there's no longer a power five plus one... To make it six, there's a power four plus one to make it five. And then the other seven bids will go to whoever the committee, <clears throat> I'm a SEC Big Ten, decides. Yes. And you know what I, what drives me nuts about this, where we talk about it a lot with change fatigue in this sport, that Ross Dellinger puts out a report of the new five plus seven model immediately attaches another report saying how the Big Ten and SEC are going to continue to fight for more money and more for them and less for everybody else. We haven't even implemented the model for an hour, and we're already trying to tear it apart to get more money. Well, no, 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 no. Now back up. The, the, the 24 and the 25 are just like, – it's just, the model's just for those two yeah, years. No, yes, but it's in terms of we want to make sure we get more in 26. But that's forward. what they're really meeting about is to figure out the 2026 and and then from there on revenue distribution model. Of course, they're going to ask for more pieces of the pie, John. I mean, you expected something differently? No, I didn't. I'm just tired of it. I'm tired of watching. I'm tired of fighting these things from like balance sheets and boardrooms and like all the off the field stuff right now. I'm just tired of it. And the game's as good as it is just frustrates me I, that's just that's just me that's something i've got to get over i know i just just want to be clear that this is where well, they're doing they're their doing. jobs yeah yeah they're doing what they are tasked to do i understand that and they've they got everybody to buy into the five plus seven so why are they not gonna continue to yeah I, I i get it doesn't mean i have to like it <laughs> they don't they don't care about the health of the sport they don't care about the group of five and how it's ripping that to to shreds right in front of our eyes and that group of five teams can't even compete within their own leagues anymore, much less yeah. with the big boys that are. So that's the future college athletics still very much on the table. I I think the, the contentious argument, the thing that's going to last for way past today and tomorrow's meetings, and it's going to go way into 2025 probably before anything's settled, uh, is the revenue distribution model because it is going to be everybody's out for themselves everybody's trying to make x amount of money and now that we have a price tag whether or not that's what the price tag is do not let the fact that 7.8 billion dollars was put out there on purpose right before these talks began that's driving the conversation at the table because everybody wants the largest chunk of that it's going to last forever. 654 Roar. Thanks for getting in today. Get in with Quark and Ben coming up next. Hope you have a wonderful, happy, and safe Tuesday. Talk to you tomorrow.
WCCP-FM 105.5, Clemson, Greenville-Anderson, WAHT-AM 1560, Cowpens, 